Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, you only fuck that. Black dude, house. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. going on is Yakuza Kick Radio back after uh, I took a break last week. I was crazy under the weather. Man, I just got hit with that, um, I don't know, flu, cold, whatever the fuck it was, but um, it hit me hard and um, still a little congested, but I'm really getting my uh, my strength back uh, pretty pretty quickly. Um, yeah, still a little stuffed up and, and that type of thing, but uh, my back's still a little sore for, for whatever reason. You know, I got sick where my whole head was stuffed up. My sinuses were all, like, banged up where, like, it felt like I got punched in the head. Like, my ear and my jaw and, like, all oh, that hurt, like, real bad. And uh, so much so I had to call out of work the one day. Um, I think that was Tuesday. And um, immediately, like, my lower back was just, like, fucked up. Like, I did something to it, but I didn't. I guess, uh, you know, it's the, the sickness weakened everything. And every once in a while, you know, my lower back acts up. So, I guess it just triggered everything and, you know, put me in a bad way there. So I had to take the week off of training, took the week off the show, because I, I definitely, you know, with my throat hurting and all of that stuff and all stuffed up, I, I didn't feel like talking for an hour or two on, on Wednesday. And um, I honestly didn't have a ton to talk about either. Um, 
I had yet to have seen the CZW show, which I had now seen and have many, many thoughts on. I'm going to review the CZW show in great detail. Um, I have a, a few things to rant and rave about tonight for sure. Um, this, this, uh, my my throat may hurt tomorrow when I'm done with this show, put it that way. Uh, I have a lot to say. Um, there, There's just, you know, the continued filth of independent wrestling is um, is really, really, um, I don't know, it, it continues to bother me. And a lot of these guys are making it really, really fucking easy because I don't have like a lot of, uh, you know, second thoughts or anything like that, but they're making it very, very fucking easy to never attend another show minus the Jersey All Pro shows because, um, you know, I, I'm able to have the honor and privilege to shoot the Jersey All Pro shows. So it, it's a whole different experience. It's not me just sitting around a bunch of fans and, and, and doing that thing because I'm pretty much done with that. You know, I could I could watch wrestling, you know, entertaining wise on my um, on my TV. And I, I don't need to deal with the uh, the live experience that I'm pretty burnt out on. Um, while I'm doing this show, I'm also doing the um, – I have the, the presidential debate on mute on my TV. So I'm going to get like the silent film Charlie Chaplin version of Trump trying to uh, grab him by the pussy. And, uh, you know, I mean his facial expression is pretty much – tell you everything you need to know um you know when he's given the fuck you look every time uh you know somebody else is speaking or he's shaking his head or you know he just acts like a like a kid that just got told he, he couldn't have something you know <laughs> he's ridiculous but um anyway um I'm I'm so ready for this uh, election thing to be over. I mean, if anyone really, really thinks that Trump has a chance to win this election, they're fucking maniacs. Um, not like a you know Hillary supporter, so to speak, but he's just fucking nuts. I mean, it, the things he said and the things he's uh, you know put out there as his stance on things. There's no way the majority of America um, votes for him. You know, and that's the thing, like. You know, people, Hillary lied, Hillary lied, all, all the politicians lie. That's that's something that they do. I mean, there's only so much that they can tell us without a shit fucking going wrong. I'm not saying they should lie to us or anything like that, but, like, the truth-telling guy is, is not going to be Trump. He's not the one that's going to break through and, uh, you know, become the president because he tells the truth. I mean, he's telling a lot of the craziest shit out there. And, you know, I it's weird. I don't want to get too political here, but um, I think – I think he does set a precedent as far as, um, you know, like a, a billionaire being eligible to run for president and have a legitimate shot. I think a guy like Mark Cuban is going to stand a chance in the future. Um, you know, he's a business minded guy who has, um, you know, I, I think he's going to have a little bit more of a, you know, a, a good mind for it and, and have the wherewithal to even, shut his fucking mouth when it comes to, you know, certain things. I mean, you might, you know, hate a race of uh, people or something like that, but you probably don't blurt it out on a fucking interview or, or on your uh, thing. And I'm not saying anyone should hate a race of people. I'm just saying in general, like Donald Trump tells all the wrong type of truths. Uh, he's uh, a little bit too honest about shit that just doesn't go down, out, you know, out of a president's mouth. So anyway, um, what the fuck else? Um, so, 
look here enough with the people stuff you know um i take care of animals everybody knows that um so obviously i have a pretty strong opinion on uh you know hunting and that type of thing um for anyone who hasn't heard um uh, pedals the bear he was a bear that um had a handicap where the bear walked on its hind legs like a person and uh, it's been around for a couple of years. People have seen it. It's been somewhat of a news story. Um, you know, it's obviously been photographed. And, you know, it, it's been, you know, uh, somewhat the the talk of, uh, you know, wildlife or, or whatever, whatever you want to say. It's It's been brought up. It's been trending or, you know, however you want to label it uh, for a couple of years now. And um, there was a lot of efforts to try to relocate the bear to uh sanctuary which i i honestly believe should have been done unfortunately um fishing game um they control all the rules that you know that uh legislate and they they have all the um they have all the control over that situation on whether something moves here moves there is relocated is you know any of that stuff uh, it's the weirdest thing. Like you can't um, legally without, you know, some kind of, you know, permit, like a zoo permit or something like that. You can't legally own a, a Canada goose, but people can shoot them out of the sky, you know, by the tens and twenties. So it's, it's fucking weird. Like some shit like that goes on, but um, you know, so they, they didn't want to remove this bear and put it in any kind of, um, you know, sanctuary, which, would have been the right thing to do. Um, you know, my place of, of work is not only an animal shelter, which is, you know, the portion of it that I work in, but it's also an animal sanctuary slash zoo. And we take in all sorts of rescued animals. I mean, we have tigers and bears and lions and, you know, all that other stuff, uh, baboons. And so um, we would have been one of those places. I'm not saying, Hey, you know, we had a cage ready for it or anything like that. That's not really my deal is uh you know, lining up any intake, that type, you know, that type of thing. I can't okay that type of situation. But um, we are the type of place that would have housed a bear like Petals. And uh, that that's what should have happened. However, it's not. Um, Petals lived out in the wild. And New Jersey decided that a bear hunt would be a really good idea. And um, within a few days' time, 300-plus bears were killed. And um, this is this is something that, you know, the state organized and, and uh, you know, approved of. There was a specific guy who went out there and made it his goal to kill Petals. Because Petals was a news story. Petals was a big, uh, you know, attraction. And he, he wanted to be the guy to kill this handicapped bear. And he did just that. And he's proud of it. And, um, you know what, I, I, um, I forgot to, I, now that I'm starting to talk about it, I forgot what I was going to do, but, um, he owns a business and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to shout out the, um, the business. It's a bar. Um, and I just forget the name of it offhand, but when I take a break, I'll look it up real quick and then I'll mention it after the break. Um, but you know, feel free to, you know, go down there give them a fucking piece of your mind, give them a call or whatever. Um, there's actually been, you know, women who called his bar and, you know, try to, you know, tell him off, I guess. And, and I mean, come on. I mean, if you're going to go at, at a guy like that, you better be, uh, 
you know, you, you better be ready for, you know, some kind of verbal, uh, you know, this, this guy went out of his way to kill a handicapped bear. I do not think that he gives a fuck about telling somebody something else. So, um, supposedly a woman called up there and tried to, you know, tell him what it was what. And, uh, you know, he more or less told her, like, you know, that, that you know, asked her what kind of panty she had on. Said, yeah, you know, I'd like to fucking do this and that to you. You know, he pretty much, you know, harassed her on top of it. And, you know, so he, he's not he's not ashamed of anything he did. So he's surely not hiding from it. But, you know, hey, you know, I'm not a, I'm not telling anybody to do anything fucking crazy. That's that's um, not what I'm trying to advocate here. But, you know, again, I mean, if if you did want to, you know, spread the word, make sure nobody supports his business. Maybe, you know, you can get some kind of stuff going where this guy loses his fucking business. And then, you know, he could sit home with his fucking dead handicapped bear. You know, and he can fuck himself. I I, I don't know. Uh, me personally, I'm not into the the whole hunting thing as as a whole. Um, I think that there could be a lot more regulated things done. I think there'd be sterilization. Um, I think there could be relocation. Relocation has to be done very responsibly and and um, you know carefully, depending on the um, you know the, the population in the area that you're relocating to, because you don't want to overpopulate. You don't want to disturb you know, another animal's habitat or, you know, endanger other smaller creatures that are going to be affected by the relocation. So there's a lot of, you know, specifics to go into it. It's not just as easy as like move the bear if it's bothering you, but you know, it's, it's our, it's our species that's overall creating the issue. Um, you know, they, they start saying, well, problem bears, you know, this one's getting too close to town. Well, you know, I mean, just, just, on the way home, I noticed like a big chunk of woods that was knocked down that they needed to, they need to build something on that little chunk of woods. And, it, you know, I live in the Pine Barrens. It's like Pine Barrens slash, uh, you know, Jersey Shore. It's like where I live, it's, it's a great combination of Jersey Shore and Pine Barrens. Like I'm right up the road, I got the bay and right up the road, I got the Pine Barrens. It's like I could run to either one. Um, so, um, it's a good mix or whatever, but, um, it's, you know, it, it's very easy to say they're in your territory, but in the same token, you're cutting down on what is even considered their territory. We're the, we're the stronger, we're the wiser, you know, we're the, we're the more powerful creature. So we can take over the entire globe and say, well, this is our territory. And then you start shooting every animal that encounters, our, you know, that comes into our territory. This is why there's continuous endangered species all over the world and, and, and extinct species at this point. So um, I'm always pro animal. Um, as far as the, you know, there's always been a, a discussion of, uh, you know, oh, I'm pro human. I'm but well, I'm not pro human. Um, the thing to me is I idolize animals, which might sound crazy on, you know, on uh, on first glance or, you know, if you listen to that, it might sound crazy. But the way I see it is, look, physically, let's go physically speaking, some of the fastest animals out there, you see like a cheetah. I mean, you can only hope to be anywhere near as fast as a cheetah. A gorilla, you can only hope to be as strong as a gorilla. You know, a, a swim like a dolphin or, you know, jump, I mean, like a kangaroo or, you know, I mean, physically – animals are, are way more superior than, than humans. So when you're training for something athletically, the most you could hope for is to be animal-like in that trait. So as far as that, to me, it's, there's something to be achieved. Of course, there's people who, you know, accomplished amazing athletic things, but 
that's, you know, those are things that I admire in animals and, and, you know, idolize. Um, the other thing is animals don't dwell on the type of things that we dwell on mentally. Um, you know, people like to chalk it up and just say they're stupid or something like that, but, um, there's a lot of instinct involved and animals are able to get past bullshit. They don't, and it's not even bullshit. They, they don't harp on the things that we do. We, they don't hold the type of grudges. Um, they don't, you know, they don't get caught up in life and just get down and depressed for no reason. They don't, um, try to fuck people over for no reason. It, you know, I, they don't do any of those type of things. For instance, um, the other day we got a dog in that was either, we think some sort of chemical burn. It was a dachshund and, uh, its back looked absolutely horrific. These big crater burns in this dog's back. Either oil, boiling water, um, uh, or some sort of chemical was poured on this dog's back and burned these giant holes all the way down this dog's back. This dog walked into our building wagging his tail. I mean, there. I mean, there's so many things that that you can take from that. I mean, sure, pain tolerance comes into play, but you know, when you start trying to clean these wounds up, you know, they show that it hurts. But beyond that, they're not mad at the world for that shit. How many people spend their entire lives mad at the world over bullshit, or over thoughts, or paranoia, or this or that? This dog, very recently. Had it had its skin charred and and melted on its body, and it's still happy to be here. You know that's that's to me something to be idolized. That's something to be looked up to. You know, of course you're not gonna look at a dog and be like, you know, fucking tell me what to do this week. I'm not saying you know, um, I'm looking you know at animals for guidance or anything like that. But like I said, there there's a lot you can learn from animals and um some very, very redeeming qualities that you don't find in a lot of humans. And um, so for that reason, you know, again, you know, the, the voice of the voiceless things used a little too much and it's used in different avenues that it shouldn't be. But that that's kind of where I, I stand. I, I'd rather, you know, be more of a voice of the voiceless for animals because they don't have the voice. They don't have the power, the pull, the political stroke. They don't have any of those things working in their favor. You know, animal cruelty, you see some of these terrible things that happen. It, it comes down to pretty much no penalty, little to no penalty at all. That type of thing happened. A guy walked in the door and said uh, he thinks his neighbor did it. And, uh, you know, the story was kind of sketchy and it was all over the place. And, and you, you can't get the bottom of it. There's no... There's no authority that's going to really go in and crack down on it and, and investigate it like a serious case. There's animal cruelty investigators. There's the SPCA. But when it comes down to it, it's, it's like word of mouth. And, it, you know, with animals, it's almost as simple as if you didn't see it happen, they're treated like property. It's like, you know, if you, you kill the dog, you know, you get like an animal cruelty charge and you get, you get in some trouble. But as far as like, you know, a monetary thing or something, it's treated like property, like pay for a new dog type of thing. It's it's not treated as a life like, you know, you committed murder or and, you know, clearly um, 
it's not going to be treated on the same level as a human, but in the same token, it's, it's not even remotely close. I mean, the, the majority of the things you would get for like animal cruelty are chalk pretty much misdemeanor charges. So they, they definitely need our support. There's, you know, overcrowding problems of cats and dogs. And a lot of times they just get, um, completely pushed to the, the back burner and, uh, don't get treated with the respect that they deserve because of, of that type of thing. And the mentality that, you know, people put different levels of importance on different animals. Um, I saw another thing on Facebook that, uh, someone had run over somewhere in Jersey was running over, um, flocks of, uh, seagulls on purpose. And, you know, I, I was looking at the comments on it and, you know, most people were like, that's terrible. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? And, um, you seen a couple comments. The guy said, "Oh, they're just rats with wings. There, he's he was doing the public a uh, a service. You know, it's that type of mentality. If you you can't, if you can't have any kind of compassion for an animal, if you can take an animal's value all the way down to nothing, where you can end something's life without even thinking twice, then you're a piece of shit of a person. I have zero fucking respect for you. And and that's the thing, you know, with these bear hunts and stuff like that." If there's something that needs to be done with the population of bears, it should go down to fucking a specific organization and and train professionals that do this because it has to be done. Not some asshole with a fucking pickup truck, a gun, and a fucking six-pack of Budweiser that just feels like they, they have the American right to kill something. A- anytime that your idea of fun is ending something's life, I don't think that should be taken so lightly as that's just what you enjoy to do. I mean, I don't think that's crazy for me to think. I mean, what do you like to do? Oh, well, you know, I like to play baseball. Okay, what do you like to do? I like to play video games. What do you like to do? I like to shoot things in the face until they're dead and then drag them into my truck and, uh, you know, cut the guts out of them in my garage. Well, that's fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Different people like to do different things, but to me, that doesn't sound like fucking fun. And, you know, clearly because I take care of animals, I'm kind of biased. But the same token, what the fuck, man? There's other ways around it. Like I said, the sterilization programs should have been implemented a long time ago with deer. Um, You know, people, oh, well, you know, people, people eat deer. Yeah, okay. There's fucking supermarkets now. No one's fucking running around, like, surviving off of fucking deer. Like, they enjoy it. People love it. Da, 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 da. But. The deer population has never been addressed in a way where it would be productive because it's become a national pastime. It's become an every year thing where it's completely acceptable to just, you know, let hillbillies drag fucking animals carcasses into their fucking pickup trucks. And, you know, a a lot of animal suffering has gone on through, you know, shitty hunters and and just irresponsible nonsense. And, And it's just up to the discretion of these fucking crazy you know, rednecks for the most part that are just down for this shit. And to me, it's fucking demented. I I don't know, man. Like, yeah, what are you going to do on Sunday? I'm going to take my kid out to shoot an animal dead. And, uh, you know, he's going to help me load its still warm body into our fucking vehicle, drive it home. And then mom's going to fucking cut into it, make some shit out of it later. It's like, uh, fuck man. You, I don't know. (laughs) That's not the type of family I want to be around. Um, it is what it is, but um, so that I mean that's just my, you know, my quick little spiel on the. Uh, I don't know how quick it was, but um, 
on the on the whole bear hunt and all of that stuff and pedals and it, it's a fucking shame it really is i mean it, it's and and i think the bear hunt as a whole opens the door to that type of shit it completely opens the doors to now okay now we're going to trust all those hunters not to go their mission to kill a handicapped bear well you can't give people that type of leverage because if you do this is the type of shit that happens so um you know it is what it is um all right, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? All right, you know what? Let me get into this one first. Uh, this this is um, something I put out on Facebook earlier, and um, I, I've really had about enough of this shit. And this is, again, this is a big, big fucking thing as far as what – indie wrestling has taken such a disgusting, horrible turn on, on several different levels. Now, let's just touch on this one for now. Wrestlers taking advantage of the fans. Wrestlers not not taking it as, you know, the fan pays for their ticket. The, maybe the fan will buy some of your merch. But that's where the fucking wrestler-fan relationship, maybe they'll buy a DVD or an iPay-per-view. But that's where the fan-wrestler relationship, as far as finances go, begins and fucking ends. When it comes down to these fucking wrestlers, now I've, I've gone over the GoFundMe pages and all that, and, you know, it, it falls into the same category because a lot of this stuff is, well, I, I hurt my leg and now I'm out of work. You know, I, I fucking, I was working these, you know, Bryant Woods. I, I'm working these fucking death matches and I blew my fucking knee out and I got surgery. I need surgery, so now I'm out of work. So now here, I need a GoFundMe page. So I can keep the lights on, and he's got a picture of him and his kid. So he wants you to help pay his electric bill and shit like this. I had to delete him a while ago off of Facebook because he was all about that shit. And he's putting his kid out there and this and this. And it's like, well, I got a great fucking idea. How about don't do deathmatch wrestling? All that shit is cute when you're running around and, oh, I'm a beast. I'm a beast. I'm a suicidal beast. And then you get hurt, and now it's on us? Well, you know, and, and there's been that that um, cliche that's been passed around and passed around and passed around, and it makes me sick. I do this for all of you. I didn't fucking ask you to do a motherfucking thing. I didn't ask you to do shit. That goes across the fucking board. I never called a single fucking wrestler up and said, hey, man, um, I want you to go out there tonight and really do some wild shit, all right? I know, um, I mean, maybe you planned on doing nothing tonight. Um, but if you could just sign up first off, the guy at Wawa, if you can just enter a wrestling school real quick and, um, train for a while. And that's not going to be good enough for me though. Cause what I'm going to need you to do is I'm going to need you to go from there. Um, once you get out of wrestling school, I'm going to need you to dive off of balconies. And if you can, you see those lights up, up above you in the Wawa. Yeah. Well, I'm going to need you to wrestle matches with, like, at least 200 of those. Um, we're going to wrap the ring in barbed wire. You know, like, the shit that keeps the cows in? Yeah, that shit. We're going to wrap the ring in that. Um, you see you see those um, those lost dog posters over there? You see the thumbtacks? I'll tell you. Okay, we're going to have a lot of those thumbtacks in the ring, John. So I'm going to need you to fall on all that shit. My job, I'm just going to pay, I don't know, 30 bucks. I'm going to come in and watch that shit, and I might clap at you if you do it. To my standards. Does that sound good? So then 
if something happens, you can go, well, you know, I did it for you. Like, you came into Wawa and convinced me to do all this shit. That's that's not the fucking case. I didn't ask any one of you motherfuckers to sign up for this shit. You should be doing this shit because you love it. Period. And if you don't, get the fuck out. I mean, it's not my business. It's not my business whether you wrestle, you don't fucking wrestle, anything like that. Um, you know, I had said the thing, and look, I'm not saying anything as far as the, you know, Louie, you know, needing money and stuff like that, you know, with the, um, you know, helping him out and his charity and stuff. Uh, Low Life Louie's a great dude. Really, really nice dude. One of the nicest dudes you ever meet. I do not ever want to see him wrestled again. I said this shit before he got fucking hurt and he broke his ribs and punctured lungs and this and this. This is a guy who years ago, the doctors told him that if you take more blunt head trauma, you couldn't die. You can die. Like you've taken too many. You've had too many concussions, all these different things that are going on. You can die from the next blow to your fucking head. So when fucking Danny fucking Damano or one of these fucking loudy over there or one of these fucking guys brings him into the ring and has him and Tremont blasting each other in the fucking head with steel chairs in match, they get on the, on the thing. I do this for all you. No, the fuck you don't. I don't want to see you die in the ring. I care more about you as a person, and you can take that as bullshit. You can take it as what you want. I want to see you never wrestle again because from what I hear, it can make you die, and I'd rather you not die. So I don't know where that gets labeled. If that gets labeled as me being a jerk-off, as me being selfish, as me being whatever, but I'm telling you, I don't want you to do that shit. So if now Louie, who, who was working two fucking jobs, man, like he was putting up his shit like, man, I'm working from this time to this time. I'm home for like a half hour, and then I go start the other shift at the other job and shit to feed my family. And it's like, man, look at this guy. He's busting his fucking ass. And then it's like, well, Zandig's not there. I guess he's wrestling Tremont. What the fuck, dude? That shit isn't cool. And then it's like, oh, I did it for all of you. No, 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 no. I, you, you did it for the people who don't give a fuck, who just want to see blood, and it doesn't matter who the fuck it is, and you're the body that's jumping in there for those people. But you got to worry about yourself when it comes to this shit, man, because it's not about us, man. It, it's really not. I'm there for entertainment, but you guys set the fucking limits as far as what you're going to do. What if everybody in the crowd just had, like, a crazy fetish for dudes getting shot? I mean, you guys are going to start shooting each other and being like, this is for you guys. You guys love bullets. Like, nah, man. You guys got to take care of yourself. You're fucking humans before wrestlers. Now, so that, that's that. It, it, you're not doing it for me. Stop it. That, that shit is so over-fucking-done, so overused. It's a cheap pop. Oh, here we are in Brooklyn. And then everybody claps because I'm doing it for you. Like, shut the fuck up already. You're not doing it for me. Stop it. Maybe you like the applause of fans, but that's something that you like because you like the fucking, you know, the, the pop, the crowd, the this and that. And you, you might like people to like you, but that's still your own deal. That's not, that's not me forcing you to do some shit. So, um, so there's that. But let's take it a step further. This is, this is some shit that, that's really, really fucking bothering me lately. And I got another message today that a, a good friend of mine. Now, this is a dude that has gone out of his way to fucking help me multiple times and and is a very, very good dude. Not going to, you know, throw him under the bus, put his name out there or anything like that. But he got a message today from John Wayne Murdoch. And John Wayne Murdoch is asking him 
to buy him a pizza. John Wayne Murdoch lives in fucking Kentucky. And, or Indiana, or somewhere to fuck over there. And this is not the first time John Wayne Murdoch has asked for money from this specific person either. Or several other people, because you understand, when it comes down to this internet shit, if you type some dumb shit at somebody... That's not the only person that's ever going to see that shit. You could quick hit a button on your phone, screenshot it, and send it to everybody you know within seconds, which often happens. Just spoiler alert on that shit. So to this type of shit, this is what happens. He says, as far as today's situation, um, hey, bro, like, I'm I'm really fucked up right now um, because I – I'm I'm home with my kid, and I left my wallet in my girlfriend's car who went to work, and um, if you could just order us some pizza, I'll send you some IWA Mid-South and um, John Wayne Murdoch merch. Man, I'd, I'd really appreciate that. So that's what he sent to him today, and he sent to a different fan last night the same type of shit about buying me some pizza. All right? Um, about a month before King of the Death, where he knew East Coast fans were heading down there, he sent my same friend a message asking him to borrow $300, and he would pay him back at King of the Death. Now, he's been no-sold on all these, these attempts, but in the same token, this is some bum-ass bum shit. John Wayne Murdoch should quit the fucking wrestling business, get a motherfucking job. I don't give a fuck who likes his wrestling ability. Let me tell you something. Us East Coast fans, like myself, like fucking, like my friend that I'm talking about, and like many others over here, begged fucking promoters, like DJ Hyde, like fucking uh, uh, Danny DeMondo, like whoever the fuck else, begged promoters for years to bring John Wayne Murdoch in. Come on, bring him in, bring him in. We want to see him, we want to see him. And how the fuck do we get repaid? When this guy gets over here to the East Coast, he fucking leeches off the fans in the East Coast. Now he's got a new set of numbers in his fucking thing. Now he's got a new set of fucking friends on his Facebook. Now he's sending fucking messages from the fucking where he lives to the East Coast asking motherfuckers for money. That's some ungrateful bum bullshit, and that dude can fuck himself straight up. Straight up, he can fuck himself and everybody else over there, anywhere else, that's begging for fucking money like that. You're taking advantage of fans. You don't belong in the business. Get a motherfucking job. You're a bum. Straight up. Fuck you. And and I don't want to hear any kind of bullshit like, like I'm talking tough or something like that. I'm talking like a fucking fan who went to shows and paid the fucking get in, bought motherfucking shirts, and that's how you support wrestlers. Now where a fucking wrestler decides I'm not going to work a fucking job when a guy like me works six days a fucking week, takes care of my kids, and still finds time with their fucking, their little bit of time off to go to a fucking wrestling show, which, dude, I'm doing for my entertainment, but in the same token, that's why you're able to do what the fuck you're doing. That's why you're able to use a fucking, even a possibility of an option to not have a fucking job. Still puzzles me because what you get paid in wrestling doesn't fucking equate to not having a job. But we can go back to the post that you wrote not too fucking long ago. This was a couple months back. Um, let, let me hold on. Hold on. Hold on. He said, 
I'm a piece of shit that talks to other girls while my girl is at work making money to pay our bills. That was that was the post that he put out, which he must have had some kind of fight or something with his girl where he had to put that shit out to keep his fucking keep his place to live or some shit like that. But that was some shit that he put out there on Facebook and then later deleted. Again, screenshot, dude, screenshot. And that's not me. Other people send that shit to me. When these balls start turning and motherfuckers start talking about how pathetic people are, people go, hey, remember this post? I go, oh, shit. <laughs> Look at that. You know? But this is this is what it is, man. This is ungrateful bullshit. I don't give a fuck about anything you're doing as far as in the ring, this and that. Oh, you could work. You're really entertaining. But then later you're going to hit me up for money. See, you got to understand, too. These fucking promoters should completely not use guys like this because it turns fans off. A hundred percent it turns fans off. I don't have a fucking lack of a backbone or anything like that. But there's a lot of fans out there that they get real fucking nervous towards that type of shit. Like, think about back in the day. If you had a guy that every time you showed up to such and such's house, he had a mutual friend. And every time you walked in there, this guy would ask you for something. This guy would bum some shit off you. This guy would want some cigarettes, or this guy would want some of this, or you couldn't buy shit around if you start pulling money out, he started asking you to borrow money and shit. And every time you went there, he was there. You would probably start going there. I know back in the day, I used to do that. I used to stop going, hanging around with such and such's house. Or you'd call and you'd be like, is that motherfucker there today? All right, man, I'll check you out later, yo. Hit me up when he's gone. Because I don't want to deal with that dude begging for shit. So that's a turn off to fans. That's the opposite of a draw is what this fucking guy is. And they buy this fucking guy his t-shirt and now he's going, yo, uh, can you can you fucking PayPal me fucking $20 so I could buy a pizza for my kid and shit? This person doesn't want to be involved with anything that John Wayne Murdoch is. And then the fan, because he's a nice dude, and I'm not talking about the dude that I'm friends with, but I'm saying just you know, hypothetically speaking, say say the he tells him no, but now he feels bad, and now he knows he's going to see him at the show, and he's just a fan, but he knows the next time he sees him, it's like, yeah, I just told this wrestler who I really like, I just told him no, like, fuck, man. That leaves a, a huge, awkward situation, all stemming from one motherfucker acting completely unprofessional. So, in my opinion, it's bad for fucking promoters to bring a guy like that in, because that dude reflects the entire fucking business badly. If you got a bunch of bum begging ass motherfuckers on your roster, I bet you your attendance goes down because that shit, maybe, maybe some fans don't know how to say no. I bet you some motherfuckers buy the dude pizza. But eventually you start to run low on money and you go, I can't even afford to go to the wrestling show because it's $30 to get in. And then, man, this dude's going to ask me for money and shit. And I don't, I don't have the money. I don't know how to tell him no. Gave money last time. Well, what the fuck am I going to do now? It deters people from going to wrestling shows because it puts an extra burden, an extra thing on your conscience, an extra like now I got to tell somebody no just to go to fucking uh, a show for your entertainment. So it's some bum ass shit. And I like John Wayne Murdoch in the ring. I thought he's very talented. But all that shit is bum ass shit. And I don't give a fuck. Yeah, like I said, this whole independent wrestling thing is is has completely turned me off, and is is made it so ridiculously easy to walk the fuck away and go. I don't want to be around these motherfuckers. A lot of the fans, a 
a good majority of the fans, like all these fake tough guy motherfuckers who talk shit on the internet and get fucking water in their eyes when I talk to their face over the same shit. And then, like, fucking wrestlers with the GoFundMes and the fucking begging and the this and that, and they're pointing at you, and I'm doing this for you, and it's, whoa, bro, this is not, this is not why I came here. I could watch the same shit on TV. I could watch the same shows on my TV, like what I like, not like what I don't like, and it's as simple as that. It's just my entertainment, the way that I fucking, you know, I take it in. Imagine if, like, you watch movies and an actor's across the room going, what can I get this motherfucker for? Shit. All right. He looks like he likes that. All right. Well, shit. Um, can you lend me a couple hundred dollars? <laughs> you know, obviously actors are paid a little bit more, but I mean, this is this is what I mean. This the whole fucking entertainment of wrestling gets really dumbed down by the bullshit, disgusting things that these guys are doing, and and I just I can't respect it. I can't respect it at all. And I don't care how much you've contributed in the ring because it doesn't equate to being allowed to do this shit. It doesn't validate that shit. It makes all your fucking coworkers look like shit. And honestly, the people who take pride in fucking wrestling, the people who love this fucking business, the people who fucking bleed that fucking business should throw motherfuckers out like that out. Tell them you're not allowed in this fucking locker room because you're bumming fucking begging fans for fucking $20 for a pizza. You don't know this motherfucker other than him buying a ticket to see you like he sees me, like he sees that motherfucker. But somehow you think that that's your fucking green light to start begging motherfuckers for money. the fuck out of here. That's what people should be fucking doing. They should be standing up. They should police the fucking business. Get rid of motherfuckers who don't belong in there. Or who are going to make you look bad as a wrestler. Because what, what if, yeah, I mean, he just won fucking King of the Death match. So... I mean, he's top dog over there. That's Ian's boy. You know? And I like Ian. But this type of shit like this, this is a horrible representation of anybody. And that's all on him. But these guys are going to bring him into work and everything else. So I I don't know, man. To me, it's, it's some bum-ass shit. I don't fucking like it. I don't respect it, and I don't give a fuck who likes it because this is this is what it is as a fan, you know. And the funny thing is, is man, people call me an asshole or people say that oh, I'm all negative. I'm this. I'm that. Look, I love my motherfucking life, man. I got a lot of fucking joy in my life. I got tons of shit that's going fantastic for me. I got things that make me very, very fucking happy. When it comes to wrestling, there's a lot. Stuff that I really, really like, but there's a lot of other things like the things I'm talking about right now that sicken me. That makes me want to be nowhere fucking near it. And if you could turn that into me just being a negative guy, well, it is what it is. But I'll tell you what, the way that I fucking act, make sure motherfuckers don't ask me for shit. Because I don't get a single one of these fucking messages. I get screenshots of the message that you motherfuckers are sending to other people who are fucking generous to you and are buying your shirts and are telling you how great matches you're having and how how they're so happy to see you and they hope that the promoter books you and telling you, I talked to the promoter and and I told them they should bring you back and you guys give them the thanks, brother, thanks, brother, thanks, brother. And then fucking two weeks later, hey, brother, can I borrow a fuck out of here? So anyway, I'm going to take a break. I'll come back and um, talk about that fucking CZW show, man. 
lot to talk about there. Um, and I, I will be doing it with the, uh, the aid of Captain Dave, which is, uh, always fantastic, man. Uh, can't do it without Captain Dave, man. That is, um, that is my new, uh, new thing I've been doing and I'm, I just fucking love it. So, um, that's what we're going to do. Um, I'll be back. Yo, 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 you know what this is, boy. For real. The art of getting robbed. This is how we do. Rippin' style, boy. You know what I'm saying? R-I-P. B-I-G. Nigga, R-I-P. Yo, this is how it's R-I-P. 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 R
You ain't gonna work my ass half to death. I came in here to enjoy the show. I don't wanna help out. <laughs> exactly. Motherfuckers pay to get in there. And they wanna enjoy the show. If they wanna enjoy the show completely fucking quiet, should that affect the level of entertainment? No, man. I know you guys want it to be loud, is it? But again, you guys do what you gotta do until the fans get loud. And I understand sometimes, man, they're doing everything they fucking can in there, but the fucking crowd is dead. Sometimes it's the flow of the show. And if that fucking show hits a fucking wall, it's hard or near impossible to bring them back. And this show had a lot of walls in it. It really did. And fuck, man. Not only that, but that fucking, that, um, that pre-show shit, that fucking, um, uh, you know, uh, taping, that free taping, any doubleheaders are garbage. Do not do doubleheaders, guys. You are committing fans to eight hours of wrestling. And by the main event of the second show, seven and a half hours in, you expect these guys to be on their feet screaming and hollering and fucking clapping? It's fucking, that's a work shift of entertainment. I've done these, man. Like, I'm, you know, again, I'm not attending anything anymore, but back in the day, I used to do it, and almost every time I'd fucking regret it. Where, like, by this, the end of the second show is just like, I just want this shit to wrap up, man. Like, they could put on a longer match next month. Fuck this, man. And um, allow me to um, uh, let Captain Dave give his wrap-up on, on the, the fucking the TV tapings. Now, this is someone who, who put in the extra time. And, yeah, it was a free taping, whatever the fucking case. But time is money, guys. You, you can't pretend like, oh, it's a free show. You can't complain. Bullshit. These guys are dedicating their entire fucking day to you. You know? Who's the fucking say that, like, like when, I, when I would attend shows, I work six days a week. I'm off Sunday. So I would have to, a lot of shows, I'd have to leave early to get there. So normally I work till five on Saturdays and I would have to leave at three or something so I can get home, get changed, leave. And, and, you know, some people are coming from further too. So maybe they have to leave a little earlier. Now if we're talking about an afternoon show and a night show. That's just straight taking the day off, you know, like a tournament of death. I would have to take the day off. So as far as, it's free, it doesn't cost any, blah, 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 blah. Some people are losing time at work, maybe an entire day, in order to get entertainment for you. So let's let's not head down the road of you don't owe them shit because it was free. Because that's fucking crazy. Because I've seen a lot of that dumb shit out of the fucking, especially the students. Um, Dan O'Hare is a big proponent of that. Uh, he, you know, and I'll get into him in, in a minute. But, um, you know, I... I've seen a lot of people on the last taping really voicing their opinion that you don't have the right to say shit because it's a free show. And uh, I, I highly, highly disagree because everybody in there is time is worth fucking something. And if you wanted them there, their time should be worth something to you too. So uh, here, here's a review of someone who did spend their time at the, uh, the TV taping. We just got done to doing uh, a television taping and and there were only two, not three. Um, just like uh, you standing um, 
in, in the middle of nowhere, and uh, and people are like, what? Uh, it's only uh, like um, six twelve uh, right now, and the show don't start till what? You know, like seven thirty to eight o'clock or something. I mean, the time it has been a waste with the with the television taping. Yeah. So, you know, dude said that shit is a fucking waste of time. Just translate that. That he said that's a waste of fucking time. That thing. So, so there's that. Um, like, like I said, time is money. If you said it's a waste, it's a waste of fucking money. And um, you know, whether you, it's free to get in or whatever, you guys aren't putting value in it. And, and again, if you guys are doing some kind of TV taping, I, I do not understand why you're not using part of your actual product to put forth as your best effort for possible television. I, I have no idea why you would tape something separate that doesn't really fully represent your product and do it on a free show. So basically you're getting like a B show kind of feel and try to put that forth as a product you're trying to make money off of. That shit is crazy to me. Crazy. All right. Um, so now let's, let's get into this first match. On a pre-show, Alexander James had defeated Nathan Cruz after he did the inverted brain buster to end the pre-show and the CZW crowded that said to end this shit as a way to get in under the skin of Alexander James. Cruz that they walk off on his own power. Nobody gives a fuck about Alexander James. No one's ever going to give a fuck about Alexander James. Stop fucking booking him. You did it once. You were heading in the right direction without booking the fucking guy. He doesn't have great heel heat, DJ. Just like you never had great heel heat. People legitimately don't want to see you wrestle. People legitimately don't want to see him wrestle. It's not the same thing. I don't know why that's so hard to understand, but it's not the same fucking thing. He's not good. Um, so there, there's him. All right. Um, the CZW uh, Dojo Wars Showcase. The Big Scale, Daniel Hare, Frankie Picard, Jimmy Lyon, and, and also you have, like I said, the Big Scale, Daniel Hare, Jimmy Lyon, Frankie Picard, and Eddie Blackwater. Uh, Frankie Picard defeated Dan O'Hare, Blackwater, Jimmy Lyon, um, after a great accident, and Jimmy Lloyd got hit with a candle shot by Eddie Blackwater, they came back to do a tombstone polarizer, and then his sister Abigail, led by, by Bray Wyatt, uh, in the WWE, later Frankie, uh, Picard came back to pin on uh, Jimmy Lloyd and uh, the and the agent. All right, now this match, I didn't really understand, had gotten a tremendous, tremendous response, both on the internet and um, in live. Because I, you know, when I watched the show, this thing got just tremendous fucking attention, pops like crazy and everything else. Big, big centering point was Jimmy Lloyd, and um, here's the thing. I Look, I don't know. I, I'm sure he's a nice dude. I, I think I met him, like, once or something, and he seemed like a nice kid. Um, and, and maybe people have formed some kind of relationships with him. I, I don't know if this kid has, like, a disability or something, because – 
I, I can't quite grasp why people are so tremendously proud of him. I just, there's something about it. And I understand there's this like a debut CZW match and that, you know, that can be a very big thing, a CZW trainee. But I feel like, like there's like such a tremendous hype and, and there's people are so unbelievably proud of him. I, I don't, I don't really understand like maybe there's something I'm missing. Like maybe he has a disability of some sort and he's, he's really overcome some shit to get to this point. I, I really don't know. I, and I don't want to, you know, bash him for something, you know, and um, I, I, I don't, I mean, I, there were some points of it that I, he did all right. Um, I, but I, like I heard that this match sold the show and this and this. Um, that's crazy. It's fucking crazy. Not only is that fucking crazy, but like fans were popping while they were just blowing fucking moves left and right. Uh, before I go into these guys individually, let me let me go into the the beginning sequences of the match, or or you know at least how I saw the starts of the match. Very early in the match was a double roaring elbow was supposed to be synchronized, where only Frankie Picard connected and Lloyd missed completely, and then. Picard hits a knee, which is supposed to set up some kind of spinning wheel kick that he completely fucking misses. It looks crazy. It looks like like he did just like a standing tumbleweed where his leg didn't really come too too close to the dude at all. Like, shit looked really fucking bad. At some point, then Blackwater hits like a neck breaker where the guy like half bumps on him. Like, looks fucking crazy. Um, there was another. There's another one where. Um, Lloyd is supposed to hit like the the clothesline against the ropes to uh fucking the the Bucky O'Hare over there uh, Dan O'Hare and um he's hitting a clothesline on him but he's not going over the ropes like he he tried to go over but he didn't make it over so he hit another one and he didn't go over so then he had to hit a third one for him to go over and and like that the and the fans are going fucking ballistic but the moves aren't looking good at all so I guess they're just happy for them to be there at all. Like they could have just went in there and played like a game of connect four and the fans would have went fucking ballistic because the moves that they were doing weren't, there was nothing good looking at all. Like I give respect where respect is due. And look, man, if it looks great, I'd be fucking happy to say these kids went out there and blew the fucking roof off and looked better than anybody else on the card. But the fact of the matter is, is they didn't, it didn't look fucking good at all. And the fans were reacting as if it was awesome. So I, I guess good for them, but that's false fucking hope because that shit ain't going to be as easy. That's not going to continue to be as easy. The shit was horrible. Now, now let me go like into this first off. The, the, as far as the students, and this, this will segue into another issue I have. So a little bit of a break on, on this uh, review just because I have to go into that. Um, they, they all look fucking horrible, completely fucking horrible. Frankie Picard has had a dad bod since day fucking one. They gave him the wired title for no fucking reason to try to draw some kind of attention to Dojo Wars where they, they took it on. They, you know, the, took it off Strickland, put it on him, and then put it back on Strickland before the CZW show, which is like WWE shit where they do with house shows and, you know, just try to draw like, a, oh, my God, a title change on this thing I was at, you know. But um, he's never been ready. Um He's not that fucking smooth. And again, look, I, I don't understand where the standards have gone in wrestling. I, I don't think everybody needs to be absolutely shredded. 
But enough with the fucking bellies and the fucking dad bods. You guys don't look like you're training for a motherfucking thing. Like, you guys don't go to the gym. You have no fucking, you have no plans for anything. No fucking plans. I'm fucking 38 years old, and I'm training for some shit that's six months away from now. You guys got a show next fucking weekend, and you ain't doing shit. Explain that to me. And you're fucking, you know, early 20s. Fucking 20, 22, fucking, you know, maybe a lot of wrestlers are in their fucking 30s. Same fucking deal. It's disgusting, man. Jimmy Lloyd looks like absolute dog shit. That, his fucking body should not be fucking presented to fans straight up. Straight up. And and I think that should be part of fucking training. You better look presentable before you go the fuck out there. I'm not presenting you as part of my fucking product, product unless you look like you want to be presented. To just throw on a pair of fucking drawers and run out there flabby as fuck, I don't see how that's okay. I, I don't think that shit is okay. And and look, man, if the majority of fans are cool with it, that's all you need. You don't need my approval. But I'm just putting my opinion out there on shit. Fucking uh, uh, Dan O'Hare, he showed a horrible fucking attitude online again and again and shit on people and all oh, the old school fans think this and fuck this and you're lucky we people, we, we even, hey, what do you say? You're lucky people like us are still around to go out there and do this for you. Like, dude, who the fuck do you think you are? You're a fucking 40-year-old student. You're a 40-something-year-old student that looks like you just came out of the bar, not the fucking gym. You look like shit, dude. And you go out there with a fucking chip on your shoulder and you barely got through fucking school at this point? The fuck is going on, man? Where the fuck is he going to get in the business with that type of fucking attitude, that fucking look, that dumbass fucking half a Tank Abbott look? What the fuck is he going to do? I mean, where the fuck is he going to go? Was he just going to wind up in fucking CZW and hope for their approval there? Good fucking luck with that shit. The Blackwater dude just looks fucking ridiculous. He looks like he's at fucking Comic-Con or something. You know, he's doing, like, the Bray Wyatt movements and all of that shit. He just looks ridiculous. Um, but, I mean, this this is how these cats are built. And I don't know. Some of the fucking trainers, like, like I know, like, Preacher. Preacher was one of the fucking trainers. Preachers look like shit every time I see him. Like I said before, he came out in a fucking wife beater looking like someone just stole his fucking paper. And he was, he was coming to get the kid that ran off his lawn with the paper. Or, or just knocked his fucking mailbox over. That's what the fuck he looked like. He had the fucking... He he had a sheet of paper hanging out of his fucking his back pocket on, on the one match with Cologne. Fuck out of here, man. Like this this is what the trainers are looking like. So what the fuck are the student standards gonna be like? There's no more fucking standards. And look, there's guys who are look, and, and, and I hate the fucking I hate to target the dude and shit, but I in the same token it's the perfect fucking example. Because one of my very favorite people to watch in the fucking business right now is Joey Janela. He's one of the most charismatic dudes. He's he's a dude that's willing to fucking die out there. That dude goes above and beyond every fucking match out. That dude puts a hundred fucking percent in. And I mean he, he's willing to do some wild, wild shit. He's fucking more over than most motherfuckers on the indie, straight up. As far as charisma, his shit is way over the fucking like you know, I haven't compared him to Trent Acid for no fucking reason. He's got that type of fucking ability. He's got that type of talent. He's got that type of passion for the fucking business. But the dude's body looks like shit. 
and he could do a million times fucking better for himself. If he just went and busted his ass in the fucking gym, the amount of pain he's willing to put himself through in the fucking ring, if he put a tenth of that shit into the fucking gym, the dude would be a million times better and his phone would be ringing. There's no reason why Joey Janela shouldn't be flying all over the fucking world. I know he's doing well with his, you know, Uber and all that shit, but look, motherfuckers should be flying him all over the fucking world to wrestle because he's that fucking good. He should be on fucking NXT. He should be on all sorts of fucking people's radar. Anybody, I mean, there's no way that fucking dude shouldn't be every fucking where right now. But but as far as what his body's looking like, it's looking way fucking worse than when I first started watching him. Why? I don't know, man. I, I don't know. This That's up to him. And he's a dude, he's, he's local enough. I'm fucking more than willing to fucking, you know, train with that dude, whatever. And look, I'm no personal trainer, but I'm motivated like a motherfucker. So fucking hang with me and I, I know shit'll shit'll help. I mean, I, I don't know, man. But I, I know, you know, he's got he's got it. You know what I mean? Not a lot of people got that. And, and he's a dude that that's just, the standard still, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is with wrestling. It's become really fucking acceptable. Um, the king of not giving a fuck about that shit. Chris fucking Hero. And I just heard Shaheen on the Hot Tag podcast last week talking about, or last week or the week before, talking about how he might be fat, but he's better than he's ever been right now. His, his strikes are so stiff. Everything's so hard hitting and this and that. Fuck that, man. He looks like fucking shit. His fucking stomach is crazy disgusting, man. I can't look at that motherfucker, man. You, and if you guys think that other wrestlers aren't fucking hitting me up and laughing at you guys for looking like that, you're fucking crazy because that shit happens on a regular basis with me. A lot of fucking private messages going back and forth laughing at motherfuckers' bodies. Steve Scott looks fucking ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. He's got, you know, he's got a gimmick that works. He works hard as hell in the ring. His fucking body looks fucking atrocious. Crazy. And he's not like 300 fucking pounds. He's just got no fucking shape. Just nothing. Just a lot of loose skin and shit. Shit is crazy. I would take absolute, exactly zero selfies of myself without a shirt on if I looked like that. Come on, man. There's a dude, another dude that has fucking talent, can bust his ass, can blow the fucking roof off of places, but just doesn't give a fuck enough to, to, to put in that extra effort. Why? I don't know. Again, I don't know. I'm not knocking these guys because I don't like them. I do. I, I fucking do. I, I, I don't know. I, look, I, you know, I'm not trying to tell anybody what to fucking do. I'm just telling you as a fan what it looks like. And you can't possibly believe that your potential is being, your full potential is being met, not putting in your full effort into yourself. I I mean, dude, I mean, it is what it is. And and you guys are all doing all right. You guys are all doing all right. You fucking, the crowd's going ballistic and all this shit. But I mean, if that's the best you want for yourself, I guess that's the best it's going to be. But this is what I mean as far as the students, they're coming up, they're looking like this. And, but what are they looking up to? They're looking up to guys that also don't give a fuck on a higher level, that are, that are fucking buildings going ballistic for. So what the fuck are they supposed to think? But I'm just telling you across the board, it looks like shit. I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, there's, you know, there's different levels of that, too. Um, they're like, like fucking... Um, like, even, like, a Zack Sabre Jr. Like, the dude, I mean, the dude could probably drink a couple protein shakes, like, like in a week. I mean, 
He's not in bad shape, but in the same token, it's like no shape. This dude's hitting strikes on people, and I'm like, oh, maybe, I guess. I mean, I guess that shit would hurt because there's just no, there's nothing behind it. And, and, you know, look, man, there's a lot of guys that are getting on these fucking TV programs and shit that are a lot fucking smaller than they used to be allowed on TV. And they're they're making themselves fucking believable and shit. But one of the first things you're seeing is these dudes are bulking up. Like, El Generico doesn't look like fucking El Generico anymore. He's way fucking bigger than he was before. Why? Because once you get under this fucking... You know, this watch, you know, the WWE's got their eyes on you, and now you're you're signed under them. All of a sudden, there's a little more demand to take yourself seriously. And look, at, you know, this shit that happened with Chris Hero. He wasn't down. He wasn't down for it. So, fucking, so he fucking lost his job and then decided, I'm going to get fatter than I've ever gotten. And when he used to be heavier, he wasn't anywhere near where he was, where he is now. And the motherfucker used to wear pants and a fucking shirt. And now he's like, fuck it. I'm pretty much going to dress like Sexy Eddie, and I'm going to get as fat as I could possibly. I'm going to look fucking pregnant. I'm going to get pregnant, and I'm going to go out there and wrestle fucking death by elbow looking pregnant like Tracy Morgan and shit. Fuck out of here, dude. You know, we just start pulling the fucking shorts up, look like you got the pregnancy pants on, or, or, or the dudes that wear the fucking tights and then take the fucking shoulders down and look at this shit. It's fucking crazy. I mean, y'all, y'all cats are off. Jane, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, that that's just my opinion on that. Like, motherfuckers, to me, need to step their game up. And I, I'm saying that about, like, you know, some of those guys because I really want to see them fucking do well. I, I really do. So, um, yeah, that, that that's my little rant there. Um, then you have the tag team titles that we're just saying, a lot of fans say that it was a joke, Okay. It was the hit squad taking on, get this, the WSU current tag champion, the fellow twins of Eddie McQueen, Rick Otago, the baddest bitch in the game, along with Jamie Senegal and Penelope Ford. Well, here's what happened. The hit squad defend against, um, offended, and that the hit squad are still the tag team champions after they threw Penelope Ford out of the ring onto the fellow twins. Then they did the exclamation point by uh, by die, uh, did uh, the top most spot on Jamie Senegal to end it. I think the fellow twins and the head squad uh, 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 are uh, are and the fans are they were like <coughs> and the head squad they, they said to them that the fellow twins were a joke and they, and and uh, I got me thinking, who bought this shit? Well, anyway. <laughs> um. All right. Well, this wasn't. I, I don't want to say this was as bad as as I thought it was going to be, bro. I'll tell you why I don't think it works. Number one, um, it's clearly going for the old school, like the um Christopher Street connection versus the Hit Squad deal, which was such a big thing, you know, back when they were doing that, that, man, like, it went from, you know, doing Jersey All-Pro and doing USA Pro and doing all those things to being, like, what they decided to launch the very first Ring of Honor show with. Like, they kicked the first Ring of Honor show off with the Christopher Street connection coming out and telling the ROH fans that ROH 
stands for Ring of Homos, and they're here to fucking take over. Like, how fucking wild is that? And then the fucking hit squad come out and just murder them. Yo, and that was, you know, that was straight up squash, you know, crazy fucking hit squad, fucking we're here, motherfucker, you know, launched the Ring of Honor. Huge fucking pop deal. So, but... I mean, they have had way more competitive matches, you know, prior to that Jersey All-Pro and everywhere else. Um, And a lot of times the way that it would work is start out with a lot of the comedy stuff, start out with a lot of the, you know, uh, you know, dick grab and fucking, you know, kiss spots and all that shit. And then it would evolve into a fucking, just a fucking crazy ass match because those guys can go. Um now, I'm not saying these guys can't go, because I really haven't seen much of them before, and um, way bigger than I thought they were. Um, you know, when you see them up against, against the hit squad, I go, oh, these guys are way bigger than I thought they were. Um, but the the thing is, is it doesn't – I don't think it makes as big of an impact. I, number one, I think because – Indie wrestling is so filled with fucking matches with dick spots in it, with two guys that are considering themselves straight. I mean, guys are calling themselves straight and running around fucking grabbing each other's dick and suplexing the, the and then the, the Joey Ryan spots and then uh, Janela and Sexy Eddie are fucking grabbing each other's cock and fighting over a dildo in a match and like what kind of shit is this? So when you get two guys that play like you know the the, the gay team and stuff. I don't think it's as startling. It's not as like outlandish. I mean, it's the the fans still react a certain way to it, but it's not quite as as like it used to fucking jump out of a you know a Jersey All Pro show. You'd be like, whoa, what the fuck? You know, the YMCA would hit, and these motherfuckers would come out, and you know, fuck man, there was the only thing even remotely close to that. There was no other dick spots on the fucking card. You know what I mean? And uh, they they were, you know, I. Uh, obviously, the Christopher Street connection is far, far better than the, the, this team. But I just don't think it works because a lot of those things, personally, I, um, I don't think it involved, you know, evolved into like a really great match. I thought it, it was really gimmicky as far as all the, you know, the the dick grabbing, fucking kiss spot, all of that shit. And uh, that's, I, I don't think that's quite enough. Um, I don't know if these guys are going to stay around in CZW, but if they are, I really don't see it going well. Um, they're going to have to find a way to get over in the CZW crowd. And I, I don't think DJ has any ability to write a good storyline. Or I think uh, ML Jerkoff is uh, writing their stuff now. So, um, and which whoever wrote this fucking show, please, I mean, don't fucking take credit for writing. Because everybody was happy and fucking – Posting all on the internet, and I know after last show, um, fucking uh, ML fucking said something like, uh, yeah, there's never going to be another mediocre CCW show again. Okay, fucking wait, and then the very next fucking month, people are like, fuck this shit. So, um, but that that's my opinion on this match. I, I really don't think it worked, um, and, and that's, that's my opinion on why. Um, Dude, what the fuck did I um? Shit, I forget what number I was on. I got these these clips all labeled by uh numbers. So I think what I I'm at is six. All right. Later, you had the bad boy Joey Janela defending yeah. his wild title against Anthony Deppin. Um, 
uh, in the rain, and then uh, and plus, um, uh, the bad boy Joey Chinella, um, uh, retained the title over Anthony Depp in a, in a great match. Here. Um, mm, no, I think. Um, let me see. I think I fucked that up. Um. Next up, we see Josh Crane and Dale Patters um, yeah, in the rain. But John Wayne Murdoch, Where uh, am I? you Jesus. see Black Jeans taking on the pro wrestling go. maniac. But uh, <laughs> Joe Gacy defeated Black Cheese after applying with the cross arm bar submission to end this great action. And Nick Papa Giorgio did make the right call as seeing Black Cheese foot on the rug for extra leverage. So Joe Gacy did gain an advantage. Uh, and his victory all paid off. Yeah, I lost track of what number I was on, so now I got it. Um, production is top notch because of Kick Radio. Um, so the the G's and um, Gacy match was good. I liked it. Um, the chops were fucking stiff as fuck in this match. Um, and uh, look, this this is crazy that this is the first time match because these guys have both been in the same company for so many years. So um, it did surprise me. Um, Gacy getting the win over over G's is a really good strength to win. Um, you know, G's being former heavyweight champion, light heavyweight champion, fucking, you know, across the board. I mean, he's held it all pretty much. And um, I, I think it's a good strength to win. So if they are building Gacy, this is something pretty big. Um, I believe they've announced for next show he's up against Sammy Callahan. So I got to think, man, if they put him over Sammy – which I don't know, but, you know, Sammy's not a regular anymore. So there's, it's always possibility that maybe he puts Gacy over. You know, he's known Gacy for a while, you know, switchblade conspiracy and all that deal. Um, if Gacy goes over G's and then, uh, you know, goes over uh, Sammy, uh, that, that's definitely priming him for, like, a possible, like, a uh, title shot or something like that. You know, they've done a lot where they had him against Tremont and they had him vying for the title. So they're really trying to push him towards an upper spot, which before, you know, the, the stuff that they were doing with him and with Greg and all of that stuff, like it didn't warrant a fucking title shot just because the two of them came out and wrestled each other and, and talked on the mic about how they deserve a title shot. To me, never really warranted a title shot. It was just like, all right, you guys who both have pretty much no spot on the fucking card are, are going to fight each other and now Suddenly, the winner of this is the number one contender. That shit doesn't make any sense. But, you know, uh, it's EZW. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Um, they, like I said, if they're building him, you know, up to another title shot, maybe he gets another shot at Gresham. I, I don't know. I mean, that, that looks like a good build, at least, because, you know, Jesus is a big win to get. And, um, yeah, so there, there's that. Next up, we see Josh Crane and Dale Patters um, in the rain, but John Wayne Murdoch uh, was no show at the time. Uh, they represent the rejects of the IWA Mid South, taking on Team CZW uh, of Devin Moore, Garno Classic with Jeff Cannonball in ringside. And then later on, later in the results, 
a shocking heel turn uh, by Devin Moore, uh, who are now joined with the IWA Mid-South. Uh, and they're telling Crane and Patrick to take care of the rest. And Team CZW, a Matt Tremont, Carnal Classic, Jeff Cannonball, the Bulldozer shoots on the IWA and telling it's CZW's house. And he's sick and tired of the BS around. And I'll blame him. And the war continues. And at Night of Infamy, it's CZW versus IWA in a square circle of violence. And what a massive this should be, folks. But we'll keep you posted on any new developments regarding this heel turn by Devin Moore. But the question is, what is his motive by uh, by joining with the IWA? Um, with that, we'll keep you posted uh, as soon as it becomes available. So much to talk about, um, you know, coming out of this this match here. Number one, um, the IWA angle is dead. Um, uh, Josh Crane and fucking um, and uh, Dale Patrick don't work for IWA anymore. And Ian doesn't work for CCW anymore. Um, you know, he came in for that show. And um, there were some rumors that were saying uh, that um, Bentley and, and Murdoch didn't make it because Ian was supposed to come. And Ian had a disagreement because... Uh, Crane and Patrick's don't work for him anymore, and he didn't want to work, you know, in conjunction, you know, in conjunction with them as like Team IWA or something. So um, the whole thing fell apart, and all of those guys weren't on the show. Ian uh, later went on Facebook and said that none of that is true, as far as um, you know, he wouldn't cost anybody a booking or anything like that. Um, but then he went on to say that like he knew it wasn't going to work with him working with CZW. He said it last year when people asked him about it, that he would never work with CZW because it would never work. And they don't know what the fuck they're doing and they don't know how to communicate with people or something like that. To the effect of that he's done working with CZW, like that whole fucking angle is fucking blown. Team IWA can't consist of two guys that don't work for fucking IWA anymore. Like that, Ian Rotten does not book Josh Crane and Dale Patrick's anymore. They're not allowed to work there anymore. So in another company for them to be team IWA is pretty much invalid, completely fucking invalid. And what really sucks too is because they built this whole fucking thing where Ian's distraction cost Tremont that had the fucking title for over a fucking year. And his distraction cost Tremont the fucking title. And now Ian will never be there again. Whoa, that fucking sucks. Holy shit, that sucks. And, like, you know, look, they went from having the whole John Zandig thing, Zandig, 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 and then Zandig disappeared. And within one month, they were able to switch gears, turn half those guys from fucking faces to heels, have Ian Rotten lead the movement, IWA versus CCW, super hot. The fans are super fucking into it. Things fall apart between the companies between that month and the next month, and now they're left with fucking nothing. Absolutely fucking nothing. That sucks bad. That really fucking sucks. And you know what else sucks? Josh fucking Crane sucks. This fucking guy, I posted the clip the other day um, of the meme of, not meme, um, GIF or whatever, of 
he went they went for a stuffed pile driver and he jumped off and didn't even grab the guy's legs like he couldn't make the jump like they couldn't synchronize that shit where it worked at all there was a chair underneath Patrick's and it looked like Patrick's was supposed to do the spike pile driver on the chair now Patrick fell back past the chair so maybe that exceeded um, the distance that Josh Crane who's built like a duck or a pear um, could jump which kind of understandable because he's built fucking horribly so um, I don't really like, I don't know if they both suck I mean very good possibility but Josh Crane is fucking horrible um, I had you know wrestlers hitting me up saying this fucking guy can't even run the ropes uh, he's fucking terrible. He might work okay in death matches, but he has no fucking business being anywhere at the second rope. Um, this guy is fucking horrible, horrible, horrible. Hearing people telling me this. It's not just me. It, it, it's a lot of fucking wrestlers that are shitting on this guy, saying how horrible in the ring he is. And I misspoke, because when I went off on him the other week and saying what a piece of shit of a person he is, um, I, I said that he, you know, he's really good in the ring. I was wrong. He, he's good at death matches. He works a good death match, which more or less means that he's willing to fall through sharp shit, take abuse, and bleed. Because when it comes down to the actual um, mechanics of a wrestling match, he's fucking horrible. Like, embarrassingly horrible. And, and the thing, again, with Josh Crane, please go back a couple of weeks. If you don't know my problem with Josh Crane, I, I don't want to get into the whole thing again. Um, but as far as, you know, my personal issue with him. But he's a guy who, who does, beyond my personal problem with him, I do have a problem with the fact that he posts time and time again on Facebook on how how hard he works and how, you know, while you're sleeping, your competition is working hard, so you got to go work hard today because there is no tomorrow. Um, there's no next week to train. You better get at it right now. And he works so hard to accomplish everything that he dreams of and his dreams. And, and he dreamed of being CZW and he's going to do everything he can to work there and get there. And, and he's busting his ass and he's busting his ass and he's shaped like a motherfucking pear. The fuck out of here, Duke. You don't work hard. You don't work hard. When you work hard, it fucking shows. You show up and you can't fucking leap off the second rope and, and, and do what you're supposed to do. You look like shit. You work like shit. You're not working fucking hard. It shows. And he's getting, he's getting by off the reputation of being Drake's fucking student. He's nothing like Drake. People try to call him the next coming of Drake. Oh, he's, the next, he's not the next coming of fucking anything. He's a fucking a, a lying, conniving fucking dude. He'll, he'll be polite as fuck to your face. He'll be polite, 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 but almost everything he says is absolute bullshit. If you deal with him on the business side of things with, like, T-shirts, plan on excuses, plan on not getting what the fuck you, you expected, and, and plan on a bunch of excuses. And, and that, that's what he does. Promises and then excuses. That, that, that's what he's all about. His, his results never show up. A lot of talk, never the results. And that's what you're getting. Now, if this turns into, because look, maybe, you know, Reed Murdoch will come back. But it's still not an IWA feud if we can't get the fucking, the head of it, Ian, back to at least, you know, do some kind of interaction. Ian doesn't need to work a match 
But in the same token, for him to start off the feud being there and then to just not show up again, the IWA thing is not going to work. And they've already got it geared for these guys to be part of it, and they're not fucking part of it. Whether you want them to be or not, they don't represent the company that doesn't fuck with them. You know, the thing is, is it's just crazy. I I don't know. I don't really know what they're going to do with these guys. They're kind of stuck with these guys being the guys. Um, And it's, fuck, man, I I don't know what to tell you. He fucking sucks, though. He sucks bad. And if you guys are going to fucking put him in the cage of death and expect him to close out your fucking show without being on Botchamania like three, four fucking times, man, good fucking luck with that shit. And um, so let's let's get into the um, the heel turn, the big fucking heel turn, which honestly, you know, way way fucking past due because the nation of intoxication, as far as I'm concerned, we're all fucking talented dudes, all dudes I liked, um, but the ball has been dropped on that shit from day one. They should have been working uh, their gimmick more like the Irish drinking team from back in the day in CCW when they used to work um, the Irish drinking. They'd have fucking, you know, alcohol bottles with them. They'd bring a fucking empty keg and bump motherfuckers on the keg. Like, they were doing wild shit, and they played up like a drunk gimmick. And then sometimes, like, Ian Knox would be too fucked up, and it would affect the match. You know, and and there were little, little glimmers of that. Like, little glimpses of that, I should say. um, Where Nation of Intoxication would do some kind of skits, you know, skits or sketches, you know, vignettes where they played up the, the thing. When Danny Havoc was hurt and they had Connor and they were trying to, like, initiate him and they were pushing Danny around on the couch and shit like this, you know, a little bit of fun with it. Um, but it never had that fucking – that effort, fucking effort. It never had that effort put into the gimmick where it actually made sense and they followed through with it. So for the longest time, I've wanted this thing to just be done with because they didn't want to put the effort out. It was just a situation where they were really friends, so they wanted to wrestle together in a team. Well, I don't think wrestling should fucking work that way. I mean, if you're if your crew that you hang out with, it works really fucking well. You know, if you can get a crew that you're really cool with and you got and and execute a great fucking storyline or angle or look or or something you're looking to put together. Great, fucking have at it. But don't let the shit just get stale where it's like another place for you to go and hang out. Go hang out at the fucking, you know, at the pool hall when you're done fucking wrestling and, and doing your own goddamn thing out there. It just, it got so fucking lazy and stale. Um, a lot of times Lucky just got lost in the mix while they were doing so. It was like they had too many people, especially after they added Connor, because, you know, it would be like these two in a tag match and then this guy here. And then where's the other guy? Oh, he's not even booked today. Like, what the fuck? Um, I don't think Lucky was even in the building for this one. Um, so that was that was your Nation of Intoxication split. And it was crazy because they did this split on like a uh, – it was a super kick, but it was done in a way where it was almost not noticeable. It wasn't like great, impactful, like, bam, they're standing, the two of them in the ring. He turns around and gets hit clean with the super kick. It's like, you know, it was – I don't think it was done really well. I, I've always liked the chair shot turn because it, there's no mistaking it. You know what I mean? Like the bam fucking chair shot, you know, it, that stands out. I mean, you could do a lot of things. I mean, you could use any fucking move. It really doesn't matter. But um, 
it just it wasn't like a, a crisp, clean break, especially with the you know as long as they've been together to have um, it be that kind of vague. Um, so uh, to me, I don't know. I, I wasn't a big fan of the way it happened, but to me, it really, really had to happen. It's um again insane where they go from here. Um, I mean, just on the outskirts of things, the way it looks, the way that they built it up. It looks like um, because now you got Dev hanging with these guys, which some fans, as as you just heard, believe that to be Team IWA, which is fucking bananas. But um, and then uh, you know, Tremont and Cannonball, and then most likely um, um, what's his nose, um, fucking uh, Connor. So, I mean, if it's that, like, three-on-three three, cage of death, I, I'm not that excited for it. I'm hoping they come up with something different. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll see. Uh, so, that, that's all of that. Later, you had the bad boy Joey Janela defending his wild title against Anthony Deppin uh, uh, in the ring. And, uh, and plus, um, uh, the bad boy Joey Janela... Um, I uh, retained the title over Anthony Depp in, in, in a great match. Here. Um. Um, so, yeah, Joey and Depp absolutely fucking killed it. You know, and again, the, the shit was dead. But, dude, you just had a guy jump off the fucking turnbuckle and completely miss his opponent. You just had a heel turn that kind of didn't really connect. It didn't really come through as big as it should have been. You had so many things go on that was just, you know, not not leaving the fans on the edge of their seat, ready to fucking jump up and, and, and bug out. So I think, you know, a lot of the different things that happened to this point, like I said, the flow of the show isn't going to be that easy for just Janela and Deppin to come in and tear it the fuck up, which I think they did really good. I, I enjoyed the fuck out of the match. I, you know, I, I they beat the shit out of each other, fucking DVD outside of the fucking ring to the guardrail chair area situation. Um fucking i mean i thought it was a great match but again i mean it, I, I, people like to just generalize and just go crowd is really dead that's why the show sucked those guys even bust their ass and that's why it sucks because the fucking crowd it's like yeah but what happened before that i mean it, you know again I, you know i've said it from the fucking get-go that when fucking CZW used to run and this is fucking 2001 2002 they would have hype videos that were made every fucking month and it would be a clip compilation put to whatever latest fucking disturbed song or whatever the fuck and it was a clip compilation from the show before it was like a highlight package from last month's show and you just saw fucking shit going on with the fucking, with the music. And the fucking crowd was going bananas. The show didn't even fucking start yet. And that fucking package would end. And the fucking start music would start to the show. The crowd couldn't have been fucking hotter for the opening match. I've never, ever seen the fucking crowd hotter for an opening match since they stopped that shit. Ever. Fucking ever. That's what the fuck you need to do. And DJ said, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, that costs money and this and this. Dude, they were doing that shit on a smaller budget then. 
What the fuck, man? And, and there's so many people now. There's fans. He, he said something about fans. You know, maybe fan, fans will help out, and uh, he's got someone that that's doing the shit, you know, for free and this and that. Well, nobody's doing that shit. And there's motherfuckers who are making these YouTube videos that you're going out of your way to pull off the fucking internet because it's copyright infringement and all this. Why don't you contact those motherfuckers and ask them to do it for your fucking shows? You don't think these guys would be more than happy to have their fucking their products put out there to lead off your fucking show? And, and the bottom line is that shit pumps your fucking crowd up. And then it's on you to just keep that fucking momentum going. You could have another clip package coming out of the fucking break if you want. Because that's, I mean, sometimes you lose them in the second half, especially when you run a double double header with fucking, you know, two matches on the show fucking, and then, and then leave the fans in their car in the rain. Like Captain Dave was in the fucking car in the rain doing that fucking promo going, 6.15 now. The next show doesn't start till like seven thirty, eight o'clock. It was a waste of time. I don't know what I'm gonna do now. And I mean, everybody could, you know, head down to the fucking uh, the Smash Burger with fucking Hogan. But you know, I, I don't know if everybody's just considering that a fucking winning day. I mean, come on, man. At the end of the night, you want these fucking fans to bug the fuck out. And like I said, I don't think they should be doing it because they're supposed to. I think they should be doing it because you're fucking putting out a product that they have no choice to. And, and yeah, there is a lot of momentum. And, look, I'm not a booker, but, you know, some of the best bookers out there will tell you you really need to, you know, tailor the show so there's your ups and downs. You bring them up, you bring them down. And I don't think they have a fucking clue. The people who are booking this, I don't think have a clue on how to do that because they leave these lulls. The fans start fucking playing Angry Birds on their phone. And then the next match starts kicking ass, and they're just not going to fucking – they're not going to wake up for it. I don't know, man. Uh, again, I'm I'm not a booker, but some, something's not going right. You guys should really look into that shit. What number was I on? Um, Team Pazuzu against Scarlet and Grizz <laughs> in a professed A, and now just a Team Pazuzu did get a victory over Scarlet and Grizz in a hard-fought match. Eh? And the building at the skate so has no service. Uh, just bear with me, folks. Hey, let me tell you, that building has no service at all except my tablet. And so uh, it happens uh, to a, a lot of lot of fans out here. I mean, it's a pain in the ass, uh, to say the least. Yeah, so uh, that sums it up, doesn't it? Um, look, uh, this, this to me was really, really entertaining. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, at some point, Chris Dickinson got hurt. I think it might have been on, on one of those dives, like I think uh, – Dave Chris came over and landed on him or something and hurt his neck or his back or something. But um, I'm really glad to see, you know, Dickinson being brought back. Um, and uh, Team Pazuzu is on fire, man. Anywhere you bring them in and, you know, you can play, the, oh, well, everyone's using them. And they, it's, it's, there's a reason why everyone's using them. Uh, side note, they just booked fucking EYFBO versus Drago and fucking Aerostar. For Jersey All Pro, that's fucking crazy. That's absolutely fucking crazy. That match is gonna rule. Um, so I mean, th- this is a great fucking matchup. Scarlet and Gray's doing awesome shit, and they're a great fucking three man team. Who better than fucking Team Pazuzu to come out and fucking tear it up? And Pinky was with them. I don't know why I didn't use Pinky on this card, but um, so uh, yeah. 
I'm always been a, I've always been a big fan of Pinky. Um, he deleted me off of Facebook recently. I have no idea why that is, but um, I asked him. He, he knows solved it, but it is what it is. I don't give a fuck. But um, I don't know. I mean, it could be. I I, I have pointed out in the past how he does that bombing kind of business too. Not like hitting people up on Facebook for money, but like standing outside asking people for cigarettes like a homeless man and then tearing it up in the ring. You know, I mean, it's kind of night and day. I mean, pick one of the two. I think you're better at the ring thing. So I don't know. I, like I pointed that out. It's just honesty. Um, I think Pinky's a guy that holds himself back. Um, I think he's got the charisma and, you know, the work ethic in the ring that to really just fucking tear shit up. There's no reason why he shouldn't be bigger places. There's really not. So I, like I said, I think he holds himself back. Maybe he took offense to some shit I said along those lines. Who fucking knows? Anyway, they should have booked him on the card. Uh, he was in the building. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope Chris Dickinson continues to come back. Um, I think they said something about uh, he's um, – or he said something about, you know, he, he got hurt and this and that, but uh, he's definitely going to be back. So, fuck, man, was I on eight or – See, I got to label these things, and I I just fucking – I start talking, and I forget, like, what number. I think this is the same one. And then we got Greg Esselin, uh in the ring, no, and, okay. uh, and he states that he lost CCW, and he is telling it like it is, and he's talking about the bullshit uh, as well. Um, All right. The Greg Excellent thing is fucking dumb. It, it's fucking really, really stupid. I've had enough of it. I love Greg. He's a great fucking dude. Um, he's been very entertaining at times. None of this shoot promo pipe bomb shit has been entertaining at all to me. It's the same fucking thing over and over and over. He started this shit, uh, you know, well before this time last year. He was talking about being underappreciated. He was saying the same shoot type of stuff on DJ. He, he'd call out all sorts of people who weren't there. He said Eddie Kingston this month. This is his big name. He threw out there Eddie Kingston, and uh, and you know he says a bunch of this and a bunch of that, and he's tired of shit. And it's about flavors of the month. And it, you know, look, man, there, there's guys who are gonna get booked all over the fucking country, and everywhere they go, they're just gonna be over like a motherfucker. There's a reason for that, though. It's not like they're just randomly loved and you're shit on for no fucking reason and you deserve better. You might deserve better, man. I mean, that that's not my – but I, I've said it before and I'll fucking say it again and again and again. Greg Excellent is not a main eventer, not a CZW main eventer. You could book him in the fucking main event. Same thing with where, where Niles Young was. When when you booked him, he wasn't a fucking main eventer. You can put, you can put him wherever the fuck you want. It's your company. But I'm telling you as far as how the fans accept him – and how the fans take it in, and how the fans respect your product, he's not a fucking main event. I mean, he went out there and fucking killed it in that death match last month. Okay? Is he doing that this month? Of course not. He's not a fucking death match guy. He's not going to turn into Danny Havoc all of a sudden. So what the fuck is that? You're going to get your pop, you're going to get your credit, and then you're back to being who the fuck you are, and the fans aren't down with that. The fans don't have undying love because you had one great or one crazy match. I mean, and I mean, I guess to a certain extent it's unfortunate, but I mean, when you point it out on the mic like that, you already knew, you already knew going in, that was how the fans were going to be. And you could scream, you're sick of it. <coughs> and you could cut your promo on how, <coughs> excuse me, um, how um, you sucked at Little League and you quit. And then you sucked at, at uh, singing and you quit. 
but you're not going to quit this. This this is uh this is way different. I I mean I don't know, man. Like I said, the the shoot promo shit enough, man. It's 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 not cool. There was like a period, I think it was last year, where there was like maybe the year before. There was like three or four people running the same shoot on DJ angle where it was like Geez, and I think Sozio at some point, and fucking Greg was doing it still, and that like there was a whole bunch of fucking people, and they were all just coming out and being like, "Yeah, you're a piece of shit, and uh, you only book yourself, and you stand out here on the mic, and you fucking talk, and people are bored, and no one wants to hear that shit." I mean, it's the truth, but when five people on the fucking card who are clearly deciding to work for him every month come out and say it there's a certain point where you go all right bro but you keep showing up here and shit like if he's so fucking terrible i mean do you not have anywhere else to work because i mean that's a different conversation to have if you're gonna stand out here and talk about how sick of it you are i mean it i don't know like to me it doesn't fucking work i don't think there's something that he's gonna say on that mic that all of a sudden the crowds are just gonna fucking be behind him it's it's not gonna work. Now he's doing the same thing, and he did the same exact fucking thing last year. And last year at Cage of Death, he got Tony Nese. Right now, he's calling for competition. Bring in anybody. Bring in anybody. I'll fucking take on anybody. So I don't know who they're gonna give him this time. Last year, this time, he got Tony Nese at Cage of Death. But it's it's redundant. It's fucking done. It's over. And you know he, he's take he's running the same fucking laps, and it's it just. It's tiresome, man. It's it's not going to get you over. It's not going to end. And look, man, he's losing weight. Good for him. Um, I think he's doing really well, you know, uh, you know, shoot job-wise or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But um, now this, this to me is, is not working. And and if you could listen to that crowd as he, he does his little promo, his, his shoot pipe bomb thing, and that, that shit got real dull, man. That shit worked for CM Punk because he was – shining light on shit that people weren't shining light on. And now this is just running laps around the same point over and over and over. And it's not fucking working. And, you know, you have been there long enough where they're going to give you carte blanche. They're going to let you, I mean, you could cut promos about not being given opportunities, but cutting promos before the world title match is a pretty big opportunity. So I, it's not it's not believable, you know what I mean? Um is what it is, man. It's just I've had enough. So, um yeah. Jonathan Gresham on uh, the man who who defeated Matt Tremont last month, uh, thanks to Ian Rod and the IWA boys, and he took on against Homicide for the world title match. But you know in, in it uh but later uh, the results Homicide was the victim of a highway robbery and um, and and he thought when he won the world title, uh, but then the referee uh, and and the official had to uh, made a review, and and then the match we started, Gresham had to cheat his way uh, to retain the title uh, over Notorious One Eight Seven Homicide. Yeah, this match was fucking awesome. I love this match. Um, I mean, if you get this show for any fucking reason, um, if you, you, you know, you want to avoid the show because of a lot of other things I say, if you have a way to watch this, um, homicide's awesome. 
always has been. Gresham is legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the business. And, uh, I mean, if you guys are really buying into the heel thing and you hate him because he shit on deathmatch wrestling, then you should probably reevaluate uh, your life. I, I don't understand how to live in, like, the kayfabe bubble. I, just, I don't get it. Um, but, uh, the, I mean, you know, he, he fucking worked the body part, just kept fucking working that arm the whole fucking match. I mean, it was so fucking good. It was really fucking good. Um, and they did the whole thing where Homicide, like, got the title, but then his foot was on the uh, – Gresham's foot was on the ropes. And uh, then, you know, then they reversed the, the thing, and then he, he ended up winning, you know, nut shots and, and that type of deal. So, but great, great fucking match, man. Um, and I'm glad – it seems like they're bringing Homicide back a lot which is a great fucking decision because Homicide's got another great fucking run in him. Um, you know, he got the shoulder surgery, which that dude was putting off for years upon years that he was working with a fucking severely hurt shoulder. Dude, he finally spent his time out and wants to have one big fucking last run. And if you could solidify that guy as a fucking month in, month out guy, that's a fucking locker room veteran that's a guy you'd want your fucking guys to learn from. I mean, maybe a couple of guys will put a fucking t-shirt on, you know, if their belly's fucking crazy. Um, but beyond that, I mean, he has a fucking wealth of knowledge and he's a guy who you could put in with fucking anybody. I mean, you could put homicide in with anybody on the card and they're going to tear it the fuck up. Fucking homicide Janela. I mean, come on, man. Like the amount of shit that you could do with that dude, shit man and, and you know again i mean if if you want to like oh where the hell did he get a title shot from again you had greg excellent and joe gacy randomly wrestle each other because they both wanted a title shot and they deemed whoever won that the number one contender and they had like a hundred fucking matches against matt tremont so let's go ahead and fucking suspend disbelief just a little fucking bit and say okay homicide who's a fucking veteran and a very worthy contender, let's just say it's all right for him to have a shot against fucking Jonathan Gresham. The the ranking system in CZW has never been stellar. Let's go ahead and allow this match to happen. And fucking, this is what you get. This is The result of that is you get exactly the fucking match they put on. And I can't see how anybody would be upset with that other than, you know, like I said, the pacing of the show, maybe they were dead by the time that shit happened. I don't know. But, um... I fucking love that. Um, and uh, next month he's he's wrestling uh, Yuma, who is Johnny Yuma from uh, PWG. I think he worked TNA. I I always have to like see somewhere that someone worked for TNA because I just I I don't watch it and um, I don't think it even comes on my TV anymore. I, I looked it up because I had heard somebody was on there, and um, I. It doesn't. It's not on my TV. Neither that or um, Lucha Underground are on my TV at all. Um, I could buy the, the TNA pay per views. Um, I don't. I can't imagine doing that. But that's the only option I have, like on my cable, to uh, to get TNA. So it's a sad, sad ordeal. Um, but I, I hear he's on there. But um, he was half of the Rockness Monsters with Johnny Goodtime. They had some really good matches in uh, PWG. So I think him and Homicide are probably going to tear it the fuck up. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. All right. So uh, then you had the main event. There you have a Tango Web uh, Elimination Rules match. 
and the winner gets a title shot uh, uh, in the future. Well, Danny Havoc defeated Alice Colon, Tim Dunst, Ricky Shane Pace after Havoc did a top most super off the corporate strip, better nail with barbed wire spider web and everything around it in the ring, which means that he gets the world title title shot in the future. Danny Havoc shoots on the politics in CCW. He wants Ricky Shane Page at Cage of Death, and he plays Ricky Shane Page. All right, so that was partially not true. Uh, it was not for a title shot. It was for whatever opportunity or whatever decision that uh, the winner of this wanted. Whatever it was, they can just pick whatever the fuck they want. Um, and Danny Havoc's pick is to wrestle Ricky Shane Page again at Cage of Death, which to me is the dumbest fucking thing on the planet. DJ Hyde, this is this is what I mean. DJ Hyde has no ability to write a fucking story. I have zero problem with Danny Havoc and Ricky Shane Page wrestling again. But if your reason is Danny Havoc won a match that he could do anything under the sun that he wants, and this is what he wants, he has beaten Ricky Shane Page three motherfucking times. Now, he said, all right, well, in February, uh, Tim Don screwed you out of the one-on-one match with me. Okay, yeah, but you wrestled at Tournament of Death 2015. You wrestled at Last Cage of Death. Last Cage of Death, one-on-one, no interference, all good, fucking war. And then again, you wrestled in February. So three fucking matches. Like, Ricky Shane Page had no matches in between that either. So his only opponents for a year was Danny Havoc because he worked Tournament of Death. They didn't book him again until Cage of Death, and it was against Ricky Shane Page. They didn't do a January show. February, it was fucking Ricky Shane Page and Danny Havoc again. So, and Danny Havoc, even though the, the third match was interference, Danny Havoc won all three matches. So, You're, you can have anything in the world you want, and what you want is to fight a guy that you beat three times. That makes tons of sense. Now, Danny Havoc cut a promo that he put up that's fucking horrendous. Um, it has probably the least enthusiasm that you can possibly imagine, and it's like five minutes long. Um, he goes on to slowly explain how belts never meant anything to him, and uh, as far as wrestling goes, it's really about uh, testing yourself and, um, you know, uh, giving opportunities to the people who deserve it, who, you know, hold um, some semblance of carrying it on the future to have, you know, the same type of values and morals or whatever the case is. So he's more or less, you know, doing this because Ricky Shane Page deserves it and because, He's the type of guy he likes to test himself against and to to be tested or whatever the case is. But that still doesn't validate you beat the fucking guy three times. You could have anything under the sun. You're saying the title doesn't even fucking mean anything, which to me is not a good fucking image to put out. Um, and, and the one and only guy that you want to fucking see in, in the ring is the guy you beat three times. Again, these two are going to tear the fucking house down. There's there's nothing going to be bad about this fucking match. They're going to fucking kill it. I mean, the the chemistry between the two of them is fucking awesome. I mean, really, like, 
the tournament of death match, that was really like not a good tournament of death. A lot of people called it the worst tournament of death ever, um, which maybe it was, I don't know. But um, the standout match, the, the match that everybody said stole the show was a first round match of Ricky Shane Page and Matt Tremont. Or no, no, I'm not Tremont, Danny Havoc. Um, I somehow fast forwarded to Matt Tremont fighting him the next year in the finals. Um, but um, so so that was that was that. And then people screamed, "Please come back! Please come back!" So six months later, <laughs> DJ brought him back at fucking Cage of Death, and him and uh, Ricky Shane Page just—I mean, Ricky Shane Page and Danny Havoc fucking killed it at Cage of Death. Killed it. I mean, just one of the bloodiest, craziest fucking death matches you could possibly have, especially in like the skate zone, because they're not, you know, they're not known for putting on tournament death quality matches or anything like that. Cage of Death, they turned it up quite a bit. Man, their match at last year's Cage of Death. Go back and fucking watch that. After you get finished listening to Danny Havoc talking about uh, Ricky Champage being screwed um, out of a one-on-one match between the two of them go back one year and watch the one-on-one match between the two of them that's fucking crazy i mean it, it it's so fucking good um and it was like you know that was the asinine thing too because then in february um they did ricky shane page fight danny havoc to win a, an opportunity to join the roster <laughs> it's like, dude, the fans fucking screamed, please come back. Fucking six months apart. Loud as fuck. And meanwhile, they were booking, like, the fucking pectoral Poseidon, where they built this little fucking, like, just this plywood fucking chariot and had fucking wrestlers dressing in fucking fish suits and pushing this guy to the ring. And they're going... Ricky Shane Page, you gotta beat Danny Havoc to gain your spot. Like, what the fuck are you talking? It, it's been tremendously asinine the way that they've handled these two wrestling. They could have fucking built a feud between the two of them and let them fucking kill it. They've had no beef and fucking three insane matches against each other, soon to be four. I just, I don't understand. Don't understand at all. So that's the CZW show. Um, Saturday, this coming Saturday, will be the top secret Trent Acid Cup. Don't tell anybody. Um, there, um, I I read something that someone posted. I don't know how accurate it is, but that as of the other day, they had 48 sold tickets. Uh, <laughs> I I I cannot contain my laughter if that's fucking if that's legitimate. Um, there. I don't. I still don't understand how anyone is getting paid. I don't understand how you could even attach charity to it. Um, they, you know, initially said a lot about Trent Acid's family is going to get this and this, and uh, the raffles are going to Trent Acid's family, and then that came off the table completely, where they stopped bringing up anything involving his family, and now the raffles are going to go towards a kid that has cystic fibrosis, which that is great fucking charity. And, uh, you know, good for them and all that. But seems like a very strange turn to, um, you know, all of a sudden you're raising money for cystic fibrosis on the Trent Acid Tribute Tournament. I don't know. 
16 guys in the tournament. Um, they're they're having a tag match that's a four-way. Adding another eight guys. Plus, there's Masada versus Kyle the Beast. So, we're talking 26 wrestlers that need to be paid. 26 fucking wrestlers that need to be paid. There's like a four or a $5,000 rent fee on the fucking arena. You fucking explain to me how, like, when you when you pull a best, at best, 300 people, how you're paying everybody. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's um, appropriate, but um, uh, some of those wrestlers might want to change their name to Cystic Fibrosis if they want to get paid because uh, I, I, I don't fucking see it happen. I just don't. I don't. There's going to be a big fallout from this show. I guarantee it. And, um... Look, I I don't have respect for the people who are running it, so you kind of get what you put out. And, um, you know, Zandig, you know, popped up sort of on Face, posted something about he's been away and he's going to he's gonna film a video within the next few days. And then a few days later he said, uh, I'm not going to film the video because now I got strep throat. And here here's the rundown of the what's going to be the best tournament ever. And he like misspelled the fuck out of a bunch of things. He put home site instead of homicide. Uh, so home site is going to be in the tournament. Um, he typed a bunch of crazy shit and then also mentioned like, yeah, and I'm, I'm really banged up. I'll get there any way I fucking can. I'll be there. I'll be at cage of death. And it's like, well, wait, wait, wait. So, so he's still in CZW. Like, they completely switched gears where all the Zandig guys went away. Like they became Ian Rotten guys. And then they, they became guys who can't fucking do moves and, or sit-ups. I, I mean, it, they're, and, and like they abandoned most of it. Like Ruckus and Robbie weren't brought back. Fucking Pinky was like back, but like, with Pazuzu and not even booked. Kyle the Beast hasn't been back. Like, these are all guys that they labeled like Xander guys. And you had Bentley and Murdoch, who were then Ian guys, and then were no-shows. So, what? Maybe they're still Xander guys because they stopped showing up. <laughs> um, I don't know. But I I don't even know what the fuck they do when he just randomly shows back up three months after not being there or saying anything. That's fucking crazy okay um so that's that's that and i don't know there's going to be some fallout from the show on on saturday i'm fucking sure of it um i guess we'll see um only one way to find out and um so yeah i i think that's about all i got um uh yeah yeah that, that's pretty much it uh my niners still suck we just got the shit kicked out of us by the bills and we played the Bucks on Sunday, so I think Jameis is going to have a fantastic game. Um, not looking forward to uh, the rest of the season, but as a Niner fan, I will watch every minute of every fucking game and um, hope for the best. But I'm kind of eyeing that draft a little bit and uh, hoping that uh, our quarterback situation changes. I hope our GM gets fired. Um, so anyway. Um, the hot tag podcast tonight 
if you listen to that instead of this, you, you won't know that I'm saying this. Um, if you listen to the archive, I was actually on the Hot Tag podcast at the same time of doing my show tonight. Um, I pre-recorded uh, like an hour plus with uh, Shaheen and Boxman last night. And they aired that to start the show tonight. And then I think they did another hour or two hours or whatever the case is after that tonight. So uh, I was technically on two podcasts tonight. And uh, definitely check out the Hot Tag podcast. It's always fun, you know, talking to those guys. Um, I made sure I didn't go too deep into any any of the things that I talked about tonight. So um, I made sure, you know, to not ruin any of my own stuff and it's always good you know talking to those guys because uh i just have a good conversation with them and i i enjoy uh you know talking to them so uh check out the hot tag podcast check out the sports den i believe they're talking tonight uh doing their thing talking all sorts of things baseball playoffs and all that i'm not a baseball fan but i'm obviously you know uh on board like everybody else rooting for the cubs uh i have a cubs jersey because um, years ago, I I got a. I've always been like a big fan of jerseys, so I have um I have a Sammy Sosa jersey, and um, and yeah, so uh, go Cubs, you know they. I heard a funny thing about uh that whole curse and everything. Jeff Garland had said something where uh, he said, you know, baseball back then when they were when the whole curse situation happened. Baseball was an event that you would attend in a suit and tie and women would have their big fluffy hats on and, and it was a really upscale event. And some maniac decided it was a good idea to show up with a farm animal and now all of a sudden we're giving this guy magical powers where he can vow that a team will never win a world series again. So maybe we're overstating his ability just a little bit for the guy who wanted to bring a farm animal into an upscale event. So I thought that was fucking hilarious. And, um, obviously I'm sure the comedian tells it better than I did, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be great for Chicago to go and, uh, win that and then stop fucking murdering people in the streets. But one thing at a time, um, I think that's about it. Check it out, Alex Mahoney. She does fucking great art over there. And, uh, you know, go commission a piece with her. She can fucking draw up some ill shit. If you, you know, you're a wrestler, you want a t-shirt on or whatever the case is. Uh, yeah, check her out. And uh, I think that's about all I got. Um, yeah. Plan on being back next week. And, uh, yeah. See, you know, what kind of shit I got to talk about. And as always, I don't have my outro queued up, so I'm just going to, like, babble and kind of look for things to say, even though I've, I've said everything I wanted to say. And as as the weeks grow and I continue to put things on here, I have more things to look through to find that outro. But here it is. So, uh, talk to you motherfuckers next week. Peace. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So... What I make you? Good?
Spike Cheese tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Truth Against Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness. 